You're listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Stories of faith, love, life, loss, and eternity. Hi, and welcome to Sparrows and Wildflowers, episode 16. As always, if you've got a suggestion as to someone I could interview, or if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard on the podcast, send me an email to hello at rachelasimpson.com. Now, today's interview is with my brother-in-law, Andrew Kura. Andrew speaks about his Filipino culture and growing up in southern Sydney, embracing the Australian culture and the multiculturalism within that. He speaks about school years and then moving away from God for many years before eventually returning to God when he met his now wife, my sister. Andrew shares really openly about triumphs and challenges in his career path and how his faith has impacted on that and been impacted by that journey. So here's my conversation with Andrew Kura. I grew up uh, in the southern suburbs of Sydney, which is, uh, which is Monterey. Monterey uh-huh. is located close to Brightland Sands and, and Ramsgate. So it's a beautiful area, very, um, very peaceful, very, a very quiet suburb. Most people would drive past there not knowing that they've gone through Monterey. So yeah. Um, that's where I grew up and made a lot of a lot of great memories down there because it was such a great and friendly neighbourhood to grow up in. Okay. Mm. And you were the only one in your family to be born in Australia, is that right? I am. I'm, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> when my uh, family migrated from the Philippines uh, in the mid-70s, my mum was uh, heavily pregnant at the time. And uh, when, we settled, when we finally settled here, uh, a f- couple of months later, I was born. So uh, I became the first uh, Australian amongst our amongst the family, and very proud of that. Yeah, I've embraced the Australian culture. So I don't, uh, I don't really speak the Filipino language. I yeah. can understand it, but I can't speak it well. Okay. And uh, hence, I've got a very strong uh, Australian accent. Yes, you do. <laughs> and why was it that your family chose to come to Australia? Uh, for work, work reasons. It was a work okay. opportunity, and um, uh, which allowed allowed my family to start a new life here here in Australia, and we're very blessed in that. Yeah. And um, I've got two elder, two elder brothers. And they were both obviously born in the Philippines. Just like me, they can understand the language. They can speak a, a lot more fluently than what I can. Okay. But um, they also have a very strong Australian accent too. So yeah. they've embraced the Australian culture, uh, much like myself. Where we grew up, um, there wasn't many Filipinos uh-huh. uh, in the southern suburbs. So it was mainly more Greek and um, Croatian influence, or very European influenced. A lot of the Filipinos that migrated here in the early um, early eighties or mid seventies all migrated out to Western Sydney, which is uh, still um, uh, quite a heavily populated Filipino culture. Mm-hmm. We migrated south, so um, that allowed allowed us to embrace other cultures. But yeah, um, unfortunately, there was no, uh, there wasn't much interaction uh, with other Filipinos because there weren't many around at, at the time. But um, I'm very thankful to be able to uh, learn about other cultures. Yeah. Um, my my best friend's Greek. Yeah. So it, it was it was great. Nice. Hmm. And even though you weren't around other Filipinos, and you obviously embraced the Australian culture and the multiculturalism yes. within that as well, has your Filipino heritage 
shaped you, do you think? I think so. The Filipino heritage or uh, the culture um, is very friendly. We're very welcoming to uh, other people and we always like to um, uh, welcome you with, feel, uh, with food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find myself very welcoming to, um, to others and I had to be as well um, because I, I couldn't mingle with other Filipinos and as I said, I was... Um, accepting of uh, other cultures and they were accepting of me as well. Great. Mm. And you mentioned you got some great memories. What are some of your early memories? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, mainly just growing up in Monterey. Uh, it's such a... It was such a... Um, uh, a very friendly neighbourhood to grow up in. Mm-hmm. And it was your typical Australian environment where you got your your houses and your your backyard environments your front yard environments and then you can venture off into uh the neighboring streets to your friend's house quite safely as well Mm. at the time and um yeah we had parks we had beaches down there yeah so it was such a pleasant uh, environment to grow up in it wasn't always rosy though so uh my schooling i went to a local catholic school and uh, as much as I enjoyed it there too, I had a bit of a hard time there uh, at the school. I was probably more suited to the public school at the time, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I had a bit of a tough time at, at, at Catholic school. Uh, I even pulled out one of my school reports from my parents' place and thought, oh, wow, here's a blast from a pass, and it wasn't a good report. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of the comments was from the principal saying, you're going to have to work harder at, uh, in year six next year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so um, was it the culture of the school that you found difficult? or No, it wasn't anything to do with the culture. Um, I guess I was just a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that, um, I mean, I had great friends at school there and, um, yeah, I just didn't get along with the teachers too well. Right. Yeah. And was it tough growing up as the youngest of three boys? Or? Oh, it certainly was. It was always that um, that big brother, youngest brother element there and with the middle brother who mediated between um, the both of us. Oh, yeah. So, um Having said that, I, I was well looked after by, by both um, both my brothers. They were my protectors, especially the, uh, the big one. As much as he, um, he showed that uh, big brother tough love, yeah. he was very much a, a protector of me. We, we have a great relationship, and even to, uh, to this day too. So Great. Hmm. And do you have an early memory in there of God or just of religion at all? Absolutely. Uh, prior to moving to Monterey, when we settled in, uh, or when we migrate to Australia. We settled around the, the eastern suburbs, so um, in Matraville and Hillsdale area. And my earliest memory of, uh, of God was sitting on top of the, um, the family dinner table. Now, with the Filipino culture, there's always a picture of the Last Supper hanging above uh, the dining room. Oh, okay. We're no different. Um, so I was sitting on top of the um, uh, the dining table and looking up at that picture and singing to Jesus. I don't know what I was singing. Mm. <laughs> I can't remember what I was singing. Right. But I was uh, I was in the in the zone at the time and um, singing to the Lord and 
And I remember mum looking, um, looking over from the kitchen, looking at me, and uh, she, had a, she had this pleasant smile on, mm. on her because I was so, um, I felt connected to Jesus at the time. Just, I, I, I didn't understand what it was, what the picture was, but um, I had this connection there. Wow. And um, so that was my early memories of, uh, of God. And also around that era, around the mid 70s into uh, the early 80s, the Australian Catholic um, churches would put on um, TV segments in between shows, uh, especially around children's, um, children viewing time. And uh, I grew up with the slogans of, uh, when you get to heaven, what do you think you'll say? I think I'll say good day. <laughs> <laughs> so no. there was, um, there was those, um, uh, those uh, uh, TV segments, and as well as um, uh, another one of um, um, "Who Is Me." So there was a, they're, they're all songs, but they're all um, like a connection to our life, to um, uh, and, and our culture, to God. Right. So. Um, uh, I kind of miss those because yeah. um, I, I think it'd be great for children um, uh, for today. Mm-hmm. But I do um, play it on YouTube to show uh, to show my children. Oh, nice, mm. cool. And so you mentioned you went to the Catholic primary school. It was a bit tough. Yes. How was high school for you? Uh, because because primary school was a bit tough for me. Um, it didn't really set me up for high school. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I uh, didn't have a good, um, or didn't really perform too well in um, uh, in both uh, primary and secondary schools. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they were, they were both Catholic schools, and by the time we, by the time I got to uh, to high school, I started to disengage from um, uh, from God and from Jesus, and um, probably because, in fact. I didn't enjoy religious uh, subjects at the, um, by the time I got to high school. Okay. So I started to um, muck around a bit more in, uh, in those classes. And um, by the time I graduated from high school, I completely separated myself from God. Okay. So, that, uh, so there was quite a, quite a gap um, uh, between, um, between uh, when I graduated till now. Mm. So, what do you think it was that you didn't really didn't like about those lessons? Uh, I just found them boring. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't concentrate in the uh, in the religious um, uh, in the religious subjects, uh, and they were also taught by um, uh, by the brother uh, brothers of. Um, well, I went to a Maris Brothers school, mm-hmm. so. Nothing, nothing against the Morris brothers. Yeah. But um, I just couldn't concentrate, and, and I yeah. just zoned off into another world. Mm. Mm. And then, when you say you sort of disengaged and separated yourself from God, what did that look like for you? Well, to me, it was. Um, to me, it was I am free to do whatever I want, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to do whatever I want, within reason. Yeah. And. Um, and I don't have to go to church on Sundays. And uh, did you go just, to church on Sundays before that? We we did. We mm-hmm. um, we'll go to church on Sundays uh, to uh, to a um, a Catholic church in Brighton. Okay. And um, we actually stopped going to uh, that church by about um, by the time I got to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there was still the uh, the re- religious uh, aspect of it uh, through high school. Yeah. So once that that was all finished, I just wanted to um, go my separate way and uh, figure out life uh, on my own, which really didn't didn't really work out to, uh, well to me. If I look back on it now, to me, uh, I had a, a bit of an aimless sort of um, direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going on my own, I just didn't know, um, didn't know where I was going, didn't know what I wanted to do, and um, yeah, that was that was my separation from uh, from God. And and throughout that journey, I started to doubt whether, as to whether God existed or not. Okay. So I got to a point where um, you you would see on the, on the news a lot of bad things happening, and um, and you start asking yourself, well, is there really a God? Because you see a lot of bad things, and you think, well. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know what to think. Mm. So I wasn't an atheist, but I knew I knew God was there, but I just wasn't connected. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how I felt at the time. Okay. Hmm. And then in terms of work or of study, what, what did life look like after school? Well, straight after school, I went, I went into... Um, into the workforce, mm-hmm. and because I didn't do well in studies, I really wanted to disengage from studies as well, and I just wanted mm-hmm. to um, uh, get straight into the workforce, which is what I did. And uh, I went from different types of jobs to uh, um, to where I am now. But throughout that journey, the jobs I went for weren't exactly um, uh, didn't didn't offer a, uh, much of a prospect. Mm-hmm. There were jobs which were basically dead-end jobs. So I really hadn't been setting myself up um, or doing too well to be setting myself up for, the, uh, for my future. And I wasn't, I wasn't living for um, the future at the time. I was yeah. living day-to-day, mm-hmm. you know, or week-to-week, making sure I can get to the next paycheck, which didn't last long, <laughs> <laughs> and then struggle or yeah, struggle on that till the next paycheck. That's pretty much how I um, how I lived. So, uh-huh. hence when I say a uh, bit of an aimless life, that's what it was like. And um, as much as it sounds, it may sound um, interesting to be free and do it, do whatever you want and figure it out on your own. There's a lot of challenges which um, you tend to hide within yourself. Of well. I'm not exactly uh, saving up, and haven't got much money, and um, just got no idea. Yeah, right. Yeah. Was this like this sort of discontent that you sort of speak about and this aimlessness, was that something you were aware of at the time or were you fairly okay? Oh, yeah. yeah you I, was, okay. Uh, I was aware of the time and uh, I consciously um, uh, said to myself, I'm, you know, no, that's, that's it, there's um, no more... Nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Jesus, and um, let's let's just go and let's just boldly go in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of uh, Star Trek talking. <laughs> and yes, I was a Star, uh, Star Trek fan. <laughs> Still are, I believe. Still are. <laughs> okay. So, as you say, there was a few years of this sort of period of your life yes. that you're talking about. Did that sort of come to a change when you met your now wife? Yes, it did. Um, so, prior to meet, meeting my wife, there was a lot of parties. What I, uh, I've got to point out too, there was no drugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, there, there were, I, I did keep myself to some boundaries and there was no drugs. Uh-huh. Um, but I did go out and um, party and, and binge drink at times as well. 
There was uh, there was also uh, relationship breakdowns uh, along mm. along the way as well. So um, yeah, with with all those all that um, going on, I would basically go out and party or go out clubbing, so to say, and get get home to ridiculous hours of the morning and uh, wake up early to start work. So I was really putting my body to um, to some um, pretty testing times there. Mm. And but, how old um, were you? I was I was in my, I was in my twenties at the time, uh-huh. and uh, one night, and this was on a Wednesday, a Wednesday night, I believe it was, coming back from Wollongong, <laughs> clubbing in Wollongong. Um, <laughs> they got a, a good clubbing <laughs> scene, did they? Oh, that that is um, a club down there called Rusty's. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got home at about three o'clock in the morning. A, a friend of mine dropped me off at three o'clock in the morning, and. I went straight to my bed and just laid there, looked up at the ceiling, and this is after being disconnected from God, looked up at the ceiling, and I said a little prayer. And that little prayer was, God, send me an angel. Wow. Because the, the reason why I said that is um, I, I finally figured to myself, yeah, I can't, I can't be doing this anymore. I, I, I don't know how long I can do this, and I really shouldn't be doing this um, any longer. And I need... I need someone in my life to, um, you know, just to, you know, to love me and show me some direction and, um, yeah, get my life back on track and, and someone I could love. Yeah. And um, so, so I said to God, look, send me an angel. And that's all it was, just a short little wow. prayer. Wow, yeah. And then I went to sleep. A few weeks after that, again, we went clubbing with my friends and we went to um, a club in the city this time, uh, which is the Martin Place Bar. And um, there was a girl in this club that was um, that was pretty much the centre of attention of the club at the time. And uh, a lot of my friends were edging me on to um, go and introduce myself to her. And I thought, no, I'm going to get rejected by this girl. I'm going to fall flat on my face or get, um, yeah, yeah, or crash and burn. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So I'm going to save myself from the embarrassment here. And uh, and no, her friends, her friends saw us from across the room and saw what was going on. And one of her friends came up and got me by the arm, dragged me over to um, to this girl. And I thought, oh, okay, um, yeah. And this girl just looked at me, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get um, so burnt here. <laughs> and she just started dancing with me, and I thought, okay, well, let's just go with this. And um, and then from there on, we we connected um, uh, and started to get, um, yeah, went outside and started to talk and get to know each other, and it developed from then. And that girl is now. My wife. Yeah. Wow. My my, uh, my beautiful wife, and we've got we've, we've got a great relationship and uh, love each other. Yeah. And um, we uh, we now have two children. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so that's how my, how I uh, met my angel. Yeah. Wow. That's really <laughs> so, cool, uh, isn't it? And yeah. That's it's great, and uh, and that was I guess that was my um, uh, that was my answer. Uh, to the prayer and so God sent me this mm. uh, this angel yeah uh, she's shown me uh, uh, a lot of um, a lot of direction mm. uh, and give me um, give me a, uh, a purpose in life as well mm. so. so your wife 
also my sister <laughs> for <Yes>. listeners. <laughs> she was a Christian. She was a Christian, and um, so after after we uh, we met at that club, uh, I think it would have been about um, two weeks later after that we kept in contact to each other, and um, she invited me to church one night, and I thought, okay, church, interesting. Yeah, I'll go along. I'm. I'll, it's not unfamiliar to, uh, to me, and I, I grew up as a Catholic. Yeah, I can come to church if you why not? So she took me to uh, C3 Ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit of a, it was kind of a, a shock to me mm-hmm. because um, although it was church, it was something different to what I was used to. Was, mm. And I thought, okay, what am, what am I getting myself into here? And, uh, <laughs> so this is a Pentecostal <laughs> church yes. service, yeah. So it's different to Catholic. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I was expecting to walk in, kneel down, um, and do the sign of the cross. And um, but no, it's it's nothing like that. Yeah. But I looked around and I thought, oh, what am I getting myself into here? <laughs> <laughs> this is scary. Did you have any exposure, like on even on TV or anything, to that style of church? Oh, uh, previously I did because my cousin at the time. Um, she was Christian and uh, going to a, going to another church. Mm-hmm. Invited me to um, to a performance at um, at a uni- at university in um, in Randwick, I think mm-hmm. it was. So being a um, uh, a supporting family member, I thought, yeah, I'll definitely come along and have a look. And and I was expecting a, a stage show, which is what happened. Mm. But prior to that, it was the, uh, the, um, the Christian formalities of breaking into worship and, and I thought, oh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, because I was so distant from God at the time, I thought, oh, I'm not used to this music. Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the heavy metal. I can't wait to get on, uh, get out of here and put, <laughs> crank up the heavy metal. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, and so you thought that same sort of thing again? Yeah. Yeah. So by the time I'd met my wife and gone to church, I thought, okay, well, I've seen this before. I've seen this before, so um, uh, let's just let's just see what happens uh, mm-hmm. from here, and um, let's let's not uh, let's not judge. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. So I attended my first uh, church service with uh, C3 Ride, and uh, from there on, I um, uh, came back for um, you know, the following week with uh, with my wife. And um, it's hard to uh, uh, become a um, uh, a common thing. Every Sunday we go to church, mm-hmm. so it wasn't exactly exactly something I uh, expected to be doing. But um, I was going to church, and and also I was um, I guess I was also being tested at the time too by my current friends. To them, it was a uh, a sudden change because here I am, this uh, this party guy, going out with them. Um, on the weekends, um, uh, having a, having quite a few drinks with them, to all of a sudden going to church mm-hmm. on Sunday. So it's a, it was a bit of a shock to them, and yeah. you know, I was um, so I was being tested. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to make things work with, um, uh, yeah, with my girlfriend at the time, mm. <laughs> now my wife. So uh, I was going along with uh, with church, and it it um, it didn't happen immediately, but. Um, from C3 Ride, we started going to um, to Oxford Falls. Mm-hmm. So we started to um, take the next step with, within our church journey. Yeah. So that's a larger church from yes. the same group. Yes. Yeah. 
So uh, we went there, and I, I, was, I still wasn't a Christian at the time. I still hadn't um, uh, made any commitments, and, and I was still unsure as to uh, what I wanted, to, um, how, where I wanted to take this, yeah. or which direction I wanted to take this. Mm-hmm. And um, this was a few months now into our relationship, and it started to um, test us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, our relationship because I hadn't made that made that commitment or or I hadn't um, expressed any views about um, about church. I just kept it, kept it all to myself and um, okay. wasn't even sharing it with um, my girlfriend at the time. Okay, mm. so she would have found that a bit difficult. She, she found yeah. that a bit um, yeah, a bit difficult, a mm-hmm. uh, bit irritating, and um, eventually she asked me about you know we've been going to go in the church for a while now. Yeah, you know, what what do you think about uh, about it all? And yeah, and I said to her, "Look, I, to be honest with you, I don't know, mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't sure what I don't know about it. Is, uh, or I guess I just wasn't um, at the time. I just wasn't sure if I want to change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I, um, but uh, when I look back on it now, it's God answering my um, prayer. But in return, I want you to uh, come back to me mm. and make that make that commitment to me. And, uh, and that was through um, uh, through Carly. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't all. Yeah, you know, it was. It went on for um, for quite a few months okay. uh, before I um, uh, I made my commitment to uh, to Christ. Mm-hmm. And when did that happen? How did that happen? Okay, so when I um, when I finally came to Christ, it was through a um, through a special event hosting Tom Papania. Tom Papania is a um, a former mafia boss or former mafia who left the mafia to um, come to Christ. Mm. And when he gave his testimony at um, at Oxford Falls, and there was quite a tw- uh, Quite a turnout at that uh, that event. This was back in two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing hearing his story, and I thought, "Wow!" From one extreme to another, to, to leave the mafia of, of all things to come to come to the Lord, there has to be a God. There mm-hmm. has to be. Um, yeah, he, he he exists. So at the end, Topapanya asked everyone to to stand up. So the whole auditorium stood up and then said, if you know you're going to, you're 100% going to heaven, sit down. Now at that time, most of the, um, most of the auditorium uh, sat down, but I remained, st- um, I remained standing. Mm. And I thought, I thought to myself, wow, I'm making a commitment here now. I, this, this is it, I'm making the commitment now. Wow. And I looked around, there wasn't many of us and he asked us to come out the front, and as we came out the front, a lot of uh, a lot of people in the auditorium um, rose and then started coming out the front. I think there was well over a hundred people that uh, came out the front to give their life to Christ or recommit to Christ, mm-hmm. and I was one of them. And um, and that, it was at that moment where I um, I felt comfortable and um, willing to uh, reconnect with uh, with Jesus. And um, yeah, walk my Christian life from there. From there on, 
yeah, God's God's provided for us. He's uh, looked looked after us, and um, hasn't been a uh, a rosy journey. But it, um, I'm sure if um, with all Christians, uh, the Christian life hasn't is not always a rosy journey. Yeah. From there, I enrolled into a Christian Essentials course uh, through C3 Oxford Falls and began my Christian life and uh, things started to turn around for me. So my, um, uh, my purpose of uh, working changed and then I started to get, um, um, yeah, I started to uh, commit myself to the Lord, mm-hmm. which is um, one of my favourite, um, well, one of the most in- inspiring um, verses from the Bible, which is uh, Proverbs 16.3, I think it is. Yeah. Give yourself to the Lord in whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Mm-hmm. So everything I um, did, from whether it be from work or sport, I would pray um, beforehand and commit myself to the Lord and, uh, and, the, and the Lord provided. So I started to get promoted to, um, uh, into a management role at this time, uh, so this would have been about 2004, 2005. I, I got promoted to a um, to a store manager to, um, yeah, in the in, in the um, in the company I was working for. Mm-hmm. Started to get uh, management roles, and pro- progression started to happen from there. Wow! So it was a life to, um, turning situation for mm. me at that time, and I, and I was inspired by my wife too. So she would. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she would be my um, my comfort and my um, my inspiration and and uh, yeah, inspire me to challenge myself to um, to better things. And uh, we got married in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and things started getting um, uh, started to progress from there. Like, but like I said, we had our challenges too. So it wasn't a um, a smooth rosy ride. So yeah. we had a, we we did have a. Uh, challenges, um, but yeah, that's how that's how I came to Christ, and uh, even to this day, when I look when I look back on that, I th- and I think to, I think to myself, the the changing point uh, in my life uh, was when I said that prayer, mm. uh, when I came home that night and said that prayer in bed. He listened. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he heard me. So, um, so those those of you out there that um, that have doubts about um, God and um, whether he exists or not, believe me, he does exist. Cool. <laughs> he will uh, listen to your prayers, and and in many ways, he'll he'll answer your prayers, but not in the way that you expect. Okay. Mm. Mm. And so, you guys had your first child a couple years down the track. Yes. So um, your nephew was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In two thousand seven, yeah, and uh, he's been an absolute blessing. He's um, from from that time we um, uh, we took uh, we uh, we've been bringing him to church. Um, so we said um, continue on going to Oxford Falls, but we also want to um, connect back to uh, family as well um, because at Oxford Falls we were we we're on our own. Um, in terms of family, mm-hmm. we wanted to be around family, especially with uh, uh, with our newborn. So at the time, I, I said to Carly, "Let's do one week at Oxford Falls and then one week at Rye, which is where uh, where our family is." Eventually, well, instantly, I should say, uh, we just started going back to Ride and we made um, C three Ride our home again. And to this day, it is 
it is our home. We, lo- we love that church. And our children um, uh, have been brought up throughout through C3 Rides um, uh, Children's Church program. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, uh, we had our second uh, second child, uh, a girl. So we've got, um, I've got the whole set. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they've been going through the uh, C3 Ride uh, Children's Church program, and it's and it's just fantastic. And you can see the difference uh, in, especially uh, through school, you can see the difference in um, in our children uh, growing up with a um, God-driven life mm. um, to those uh, to other children that uh, aren't growing up in church. And um, my children are, conti- uh, yeah, every day talking about God and talking about Jesus and how. Um, uh, and how much it's um, it's inspiring to them, and mm. and uh, even even for my son, he tells me, "Dad, I love you, but I love God more." Wow, <laughs> wow, that's pretty profound. And uh, yeah, I might I might seem, uh, seem uh, a little jealous at the times, but uh, <laughs> yeah, when you're up against uh, the big man, it's it's like <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> nice. And do you have any reflections on being a dad? How that's Changed you or challenged you? Or? Yeah, being, being a parent certainly has its challenges, but you know mm. what? It's uh, it's the best challenge um, mm. in life. Uh, being being a dad, um, raising children, because your children are a reflection of um, both parents. The things you do as a parent, um, yeah, will always influence your children. Mm. So I know my children don't swear. <laughs> um, because we don't swear at home, we don't yeah. swear in church. Um, I, I know that the, our kids don't swear at, uh, at school, and even around that, uh, around my workplace, uh, everyone's a bit uh, hesitant as to do not swear around uh, this guy here because <laughs> there's just something about him that you do, you just don't swear in front of him. Okay. And um, yeah, no, I, I know it's the um, uh, it's the Christian nature uh, of me around the area that. Um, People tend to um, uh, be a bit more respectful and and um, wow. yeah, I don't mind the uh, swear word here and there. <laughs> yeah. Well, here in the swear word here and there, I can you can with deal that. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! And so going back to the career element, then I think it's really interesting you talk about God actually blessed you in that way and drew you into career, which might not be people's yeah. perception. So since you've been a Christian and since you've been married, I know a bit of your journey, obviously, you've had some tough times with your career and yes. some real triumphs. Can you talk a bit about that? Sure. Um, so my, my career is in, uh, involved in the uh, automotive industry. Mm. Uh, so I was working with um, motorcycles even before I met my wife. And um, uh, it was, only, uh, it was when when I met my wife. When, as I mentioned before, I got I started getting into management roles. So I had got, I had God on my side, and I was um, being recognised for my uh, leadership um, qualities, um, and I was getting promoted um, uh, throughout. Eventually, I went to other companies as well with uh, management roles, uh, other dealerships, to. Um, to the pinnacle of um, the motorcycle sector, uh, which was working for um, Harley Davidson Australia at the time, it was such a blessing at the time too because I was uh, having a, having a bit of a tough time with one of my um, previous uh, uh, 
previous employers. Mm -hmm. That um, an opportunity came at uh, Harley Harley Davidson Australia, uh, which was more uh, family friendly, mm -hmm. and allowed me to spend time with um, with my wife and uh, with my children, and uh, without all the grilling hours at, at a dealership. So, yeah, it was a blessing from God at that at that time, and I. And I was with uh, Harley for quite a, num quite a number of years and, uh, and I was feeling really comfortable there, which isn't a good thing. Okay. Um, feeling comfortable within your, within your role because God wants, us to, um, wants to challenge us and to progress further. And I remember in 2013 listening to um, Joel Osteen. American uh, pastor. Yes, yeah. from uh, Lakewood Church. And he was uh, preaching on um, something similar, uh, where if if we're comfortable within our environment, God wants us to um, to challenge ourselves and to become better people. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're comfortable, then um, yeah, it's it's not a good place to be in. Yeah. And when I heard those uh, words, I, um, I knew God was speaking to me at the time. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I know I'm comfortable in, in my place, but you know what? Uh, let's just see what happens from there. What happened from from there was um, uh, some structural changes within Harley, and uh, uh, I was made redundant. Mm -hmm. Now this is where it really tested my uh, my faith with God, um, because I, when I was made redundant, um, I basically uh, left work with um, really nothing to show for. Because I'd, uh, I'd still had that mentality of, um, uh, you know, the old school of um, uh, gain your, gaining your work experiences instead of getting your qualifications. So when I left Harley, I had nothing to show for, but I had, uh, I had years of experience, but really nothing to qualify that. Right. So I was, um, I was in, a, in a tough, uh, tough place at the time. And... Um, the journey goes on for about um, uh, for nearly two years, and it really stretched my relationship with God. For when I went uh, went for interviews and I was getting all knockbacks, and um, uh, the redundancy money was um, uh, rapidly depleting as well. And when when you're in, um, when you're in that situation, especially with um, um, with kids. Um, it gets very stressful and um, mm. and we were saying a lot of prayers at the time and it felt like they weren't being answered yeah. so it really stretched um, uh, my relationship with, with God and I was uh, beginning to have doubts again as to whether God exists but the difference difference here was um, in my heart I knew he, I knew he was there and mm -hmm. you know, I knew that he um, he's watching over us and he knows what's going on and he has a plan for us. So he has, he has a plan um, laid out for us and uh, it was just a matter of God guiding me to, to that plan or to uh, where I wanted to be. So I had uh, something in mind at the time which I was trying to lead to. God had um, a different plan. He wanted to show me. Uh, where I can pro uh, progress. I was going through uh, some temping roles as well, just to um, uh, bring some in income in. 
and uh, it was really stressful because mm. uh, there was nothing um, there was nothing uh, permanent and nothing with uh, any career prospects or any progression um, uh, on offer to me and so I was working for different in industries that um, that I was wasn't really connected to with some jobs where I um, which I uh, thought I, I thought I could um, uh, perform and be connected to. Got to the final stages of the interview where uh, it was between myself and one other candidate, and I would miss out. Right. Um, as disappointing as it was uh, going going through all that, I knew that um, yeah, God's definitely got something plan, uh, planned for me here, and that that happened when. Uh, I went for a uh, position at my current company now, which is uh, Hyundai, mm -hmm. where they are, um, where I am now a, um, a spare parts business planning manager. This is a step up from where um, where I was previously at at Harley Davidson. This came about because when I when I uh, was made redundant, I, I said to myself, "Okay, I need to." Um, uh, reevaluate my life here and let's start going for some qualifications let's, let's do something which we should have done a long long time ago and, mm. and I um, got my first qualification in management um, uh, this year and that was recognized by my current employees uh, now so I'm a um, working in uh, a head office environment mm -hmm. at a uh, at a senior level and uh, and it's allowed me to um, uh, challenge myself and uh, progress and grow, and um, and God's providing for us there. Wow! So, um, so that's that. That's my challenge. That was my um, challenging path, um, mm. uh, career-wise. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been a been a bumpy ride, and the journey's still going. Um, but uh, at least I've got some direction. I've got um, prospects for the future. And um, yeah. and I know I can progress with this company. Mm. So, it's, so it's all been favourable, and and I know this is where God led, led us to. Yeah. Um, because the uh, the people I'm working with have, uh, have been uh, they've been wonderful, and uh, and mm. they are they are the um, so to say the, the perfect people around me to um, to, uh, to nurture me and, and grow within this envi environment. Yeah. So um, yeah. God's always uh, answering uh, answering prayers. Yeah. Even, even though um, it may seem, yeah, it's pretty tough, and mm. it may seem like, um, yeah, yeah, we're doomed. We're not doomed. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting for me having seen how how this answer to your prayers and how well you're doing has affected your son and has affected yes. the people around you. Like, it's really shown God's faithfulness. Yes. Yeah. But it's not fun at the time sometimes when oh, you Oh, no, it's definitely to... not fun at all. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you're challenging in your heart at the time of um, you know, keeping, um, keeping faith um, uh, with Jesus. Mm. There, are, there are times where you know, I would go for a walk on my own and um, uh, even have a battle out with, um, with the Lord mm. as to you know, what's going on. Yeah. But uh, you need those moments. Yeah. You, you need those moments, and um, uh, it it challenges your character, makes you stronger, mm. uh, and um, improves your Christian life as well. Yeah. Mm. 
It's interesting you speak about yeah having those moments of battling it out with God because I recently realised that that's kind of what the whole book of the Psalms yes. and it's like oh okay so that's actually something that you can do with God not do outside yes you can actually take that to God yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> cool and so you talked a bit about how much you guys love your church yes. and how you're involved there. Can you talk about why that's a priority in your world and what that looks like? Oh, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's it's really it's really important to find uh, find a church that you uh, that you can feel connected to. Mm-hmm. And we've been, as I mentioned before, we've been uh, back at uh, C3 Ride uh, since uh, 2005 when, when when my son was sorry 2007 when my son was born, mm-hmm. and. Um, we have family there, and also um, the church um, children's program. Um, it's it's uh, it's a wonderful program, and it's great to see um, it's great to see the children of the church grow up within the church, and um, go on to uh, leadership roles. So, mm-hmm. being with um, C3 Ride for uh, for quite some time, seeing the ch- the children there growing up in. Um, and becoming youth pastors as well, or um, youth leaders, uh, it's just it's just fantastic. And I and I hope my um, my children can um, take examples like that and um, and grow up in a uh, in a wonderful community. Mm. And hopefully one day they'll be uh, youth pastors as well. Yeah. <laughs> and and inspire the next generation. Great. And so you mentioned one scripture earlier from Proverbs, but I'm wondering if is that kind of the one that's been the key for your life? Is there that's, another? Yeah, that's yeah. definitely the one that's been the key, uh, key for mm-hmm. me. Uh, the things I need to do, uh, I need to commit. And when I commit, I need God, um, I need God to be there. Mm-hmm. So with my current employment or with my current role, um, when I was offered that by Hyundai, I got home and I said to my wife, Look, I can't do this role. I can't do it without Jesus. So um, it ties back to um, uh, to that verse. Mm. And um, as we do, we pray about it. And um, I, obviously, I accepted the role. And I pray each day uh, before before getting to work or during work that I can perform in this in this role. And and um, I'm doing I'm doing a great job there um, yeah. at work and and uh, if it was if Jesus is not there um, I'd say they probably would have um, uh, let me go by now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's very, yeah. So that uh, that verse is very important to me. Cool. And are you able to sum up for us kind of the core of what it is that you believe? Probably, I guess it's knowing that um, that Jesus sacrificing Himself for us, for us to be able to return back to the Lord, say sorry, you know, repent on our sins. And I definitely need to repent on my sins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knowing that the, knowing that there are more than just one chance, more than that, uh, yeah, that there is infinite amount of chances with the Lord mm. you know you can every time you uh, you repent um, yeah there'll be another sin that you uh, you've committed God said to pick us up so I guess uh, I guess the core of that is that God's there for us no matter what 
is there to uh, protect us, to, to provide for us. And um, as long as we, uh, we believe in him, you know, there's, there's always a way. Yeah, it's, um, and, it's, and it's Jesus' way. That's, I guess that, that, that's a call for me. Great. On that one. Mm. Really cool. And what are your hopes and dreams for the future? As I said before, um, just to be able to, um, most importantly, be able to bring up our children, um, to bring up our children in, um, in a God, God-fulfilled life. If I look at, at an inspiration, I, um, I look at your parents. When I met your parents, the first time I um, uh, set foot in your, into your place, I wasn't a Christian, but I knew that there was a godly presence in, within your home. Mm. And I've had the um, I've had the privilege to, of watching yourself and and your your younger brother uh, growing up, and um, I remember saying to myself at the time, "Yeah, I want our children to grow up to be just like you guys, because um, you guys are so different to um, the other teenagers that you see, and um, and uh, so um, you've, you've been brought up so well." And uh, and with a uh, a God um, uh, God fulfilled um, life that um, I want my children to be just like that. So uh, that's the future of, um, um, that I'm hoping for. To be if I can if I can succeed um, or if I can if my wife and I can bring up our children uh, like that, then yeah, that's that will make me really happy. Sparrows and Wildflowers is brought to you by Victory One Media and hosted by Rachel Simpson with artwork by Nicola Gibb.